Good morning everyone, uh, my name is Esther, I'm one of the key leaders here at Evie Church. I uh, just want to say welcome to you. Um, to be honest, on the 10th of January 2021, I was kind of hoping that I would be able to do this with your actual faces looking at me. But no, it's not where we're at right now, but I'm going to imagine your smiley faces looking at me, maybe even giving me a cheeky little thumbs up. But anyway, wherever you are, whatever time of day, as always, it is great to have you with us today. And so today we're starting a new teaching series and it's called Becoming Family. And this is going to be based in the last few chapters of the book of Romans in the Bible. And we often talk about church as being family. And for us here at Ebby Church, family is one of our key values. It's something that we intentionally pursue and challenge ourselves on. But we don't always get it right. In fact, sometimes we get it spectacularly wrong. And I just want to take a moment now as a leader here at Ebby Church, I just want to genuinely say sorry um, if this is your experience of church family. Um, yeah, sorry if you feel let down, disappointed and hurt. Please, please don't give up on church, church family. Um, yeah, please help us to work this out, to, to do this better together. And yeah, we recognise we're not there yet. And that's why this series is called Becoming Family. Like, it, this is a journey that we're on and we always will be on, to be honest. It's being family in whatever context. It's never easy but it's worth fighting for and I believe totally possible with a whole lot of Jesus and if we do this thing together. And we're going to read some verses today from Romans chapter 15. Um, but before we do that, we're just going to look at some context for a minute. Like the Bible is tricky, isn't it? It's a collection of 66 different books, different types of writing written by different people a very long time ago. And some of the books in the New Testament part of the Bible are letters. So they're mostly written to specific people in a specific place, at a specific time, for specific reasons. And the book of Romans is one of those letters. And it was written by a guy called Paul. And you can read his awesome and slightly crazy story in the book of Acts. It's well worth a look. And so Paul was writing to the church in Rome and there's some background to this church family that I think is really helpful to know as we read our verses today and as we look at Romans over the next few weeks. So on the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached, thousands of people chose to follow Jesus and were filled with the Holy Spirit. And there on that day, there were some Jews from Rome. So these Jews, they went back to Rome, full of the Holy Spirit, and started a church, a family of Jesus followers. But sometime later, the Roman Emperor, Claudius, he kicked out all the Jewish people from Rome, about 40,000 people from the city, which left the non-Jewish people to work out what following Jesus and being family would look like. And when a new emperor took over, he invited all the Jewish people back into Rome. So the Jewish Jesus followers rejoined the church family. 
but that created some tension because in their absence life had carried on without them, like things had changed. So here in Rome we've got a church with people coming from very different backgrounds and places with different expectations, different perspectives, trying to learn what following Jesus means and looks like as an unlikely family together. Now I don't know about you, but I think that sounds a little bit familiar. And this, this is what Paul is speaking into specifically in this long letter called Romans. He's speaking into tension, family, relationships, conflict, forgiveness, what connects us as Jesus followers and why this thing is done better together. And this is the awesomeness of the Bible. It's not just vaguely interesting history inked onto a page. It's God's living and breathing word that speaks into our real life situations as individuals and as church family today. God's always got new stuff to show us, teach us and say to us. And that is very exciting. So I'm just going to pray before we have a read of our verses. Yeah, Father God, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for your word. Thank you that, yeah, you are always wanting to show us new stuff, teach us new things. You're always wanting to speak to us. And yeah, I pray this morning as we are church family together but scattered that yeah you will speak to us individually but yeah collect collectively as church family yeah we ask this in your name jesus amen so let's have a read of our verses we're going to read uh, romans chapter 15 and verses 1 to 7 um, do follow along in your Bibles if you've got one. The words will also um, come up on the screen. So Romans 15, 1-7. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So the title of our talk today is An Accepting Family. So we're gonna break that down into two parts. We're gonna look at the concept of family as a way of doing life together. And then we're gonna take on the value of acceptance within this family context. Uh, we'll see what Jesus said, have a look at what he'd lived out in relation to all this as well as looking at what Paul says in these verses that we've just read. So, family. Paul tells us in verse 4 that everything written in the scriptures, that's the Bible, is there to teach us, encourage us, and give us hope. So, what does the Bible tell us about family? 
Right back at the start of the Bible, we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness. God uses plural, not singular pronouns here. Let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness. God exists in community with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, in, in family, in relationship. And we are created from this place, in this image. Like quite simply, this is part of our DNA. We are created by a team to do life as a team. So what about Jesus? One of Jesus' most radical ideas was that of his followers being family. Like Jesus blows apart the cultural view of the time of family being all about bloodline, about who you are actually related to. Um, if we read Mark chapter 3 in verses 34 to 35, Jesus says that his mother and brothers are those people who are hanging out with him and listening to what he's saying. Like this was really controversial and it wasn't just a cute thing to say to make people feel included. This is how Jesus wanted his followers to live, as a close-knit, might-as-well-be-blood-related family. And this isn't just true back in Bible times, but it's true now for us in 2021. Like Jesus blows apart the cultural view of today, where the individual takes priority over the group and where we define that as freedom. In John 17, uh, in a prayer that Jesus prays not long before he dies, he prays for the church today that all of them may be one and for complete unity. Jesus prays for the church, like for us, to be a family, a whole load of different people genuinely doing life together. I think that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It does, but we all know the reality, don't we? Like, let's be honest. Being church family as flawed and broken people trying to follow Jesus together, it's difficult. And thinking about this family stuff, it made me think of a uh, one of the things that me and my brother used to say to each other when we were younger, and we like to think that this was the best put down ever. We used to say to each other, I love you, but I don't like you. And it had the best mix of like self-righteousness and disdain. Um, obviously, I'm not recommending this as an attitude to take forward in life, but my point is family is complicated. Like being a family, it might be part of our original design. It might be the radical way of life that Jesus is pointing us to. But it's costly. It's hard work. And it sometimes hurts. So, why bother? I think, whether we like it or not, we need each other. And there's two reasons for that. Body and fire. Like Sarah mentioned a bit from the Bible last week um, that talks about the church being like a body made up of hundreds of different parts, each part 
having a vital role to play. Each one is needed. A body is useless if you have 16 mouths, 37 left hands, 7 stomachs and a right foot. You need your unseen arteries that carry the blood around your body. You need your knobbly knees. You need those wrinkly bits of skin on your elbows. The thing is that being what this one body thing, living that out, it takes work. It doesn't, doesn't just happen. And we need to recognise the worth and value in ourselves and we also need to be actively calling it out in each other. In verses 5 and 6 that we read earlier, Paul kind of goes into a bit of a prayer for this mishmash of people in the Roman church. And it is a huge prayer. He asks that God would give them, and so us too, the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. That makes me kind of go, yikes. Like, that's a huge prayer, isn't it? The same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. Jesus was great at calling out the value and worth in all people and he went out of his way to do that, to actually get to know people so he could do that genuinely. And not just with people that he naturally liked and got on with, in the, the difficult people, the different people, the close to the edge people. And we need to learn to do the same. Another reason why we need each other is that this following Jesus gig, it's a tough one to live out alone. And you might have heard before of a picture of a coal fire being used as an example of this. Like when you light a coal fire or a barbecue, you, you stack the coals up together as you light them. And they do this clever thing where they they generate heat, they keep their heat when they're close together. If you take a coal away from the stack and you, you leave it to one side, it will lose its heat quickly and it won't be able to do the thing that it's meant to do on its own. I think there's a lot of truth in this and to be honest, uh, it's something that I've been feeling a bit and really kind of connects with me at the moment. Is Covid doesn't make this being family thing very easy, especially in a new lockdown we're in. doesn't make it easy, does it? Because we don't have a lot of those natural ways in of doing life together that we've got used to doing as church family. And I think it's easy to find yourself as a coal on its own, losing heat and not really knowing how you got there. So... So then you, when I say you, I mean me, just think, oh, do you know what? It's okay. I'll just wait till things get back to normal and it'll all be fine again. But in the meantime, you're still a coal on your own, getting colder. And this is where I think we have a bit of a choice. If you're like me, you might be a little bit stubborn and you might be feeling a bit vulnerable, 
So the easiest thing to do is to shut up shop. Convince yourself you're fine on your own and you don't need anyone else anyway. Or we can choose to reach out and fight a bit for this family. And I really believe that we can all do this wherever we feel like we're in or around that stack of coal. Like we all have a choice to make and a part to play. Like it's on all of us. Like we've really, we've got to do this together. And it's not easy right now, but I don't think it's impossible. And Proverbs um, 27 verse 17 in the Bible says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And this is a, it's a similar picture to the coal thing, I guess. Like we need each other as we follow Jesus to keep us sharp. And that might be for support and encouragement. It might be um, having people to ask the difficult questions, um, for accountability, to keep us on track, for prayer and other fun stuff. But I like this picture. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Like, I want to be sharp. I want us as a church to be sharp. And we need each other to do that. And, and when we do this stuff, as I've been thinking about this, I've, I can picture it. Like, I've got this picture of us as church, as, and I mean us as Ebby Church, and we're living and becoming this family of Jesus followers that we're made to be. And it's not perfect, spoiler alert, it never will be. In fact, it's a bit messy, but it's also stunningly beautiful. Like we love each other, we build each other up. And when people see us and spend time with us, they see Jesus. Like together, in all our randomness and diversity, we point people to him, to Jesus. Because us. That's the point, isn't it? So there's a little bit of thinking around family. Um, there's a lot going on there, I realise that, but we also need to take on the accepting part of this talk title. So take a deep breath, let's keep going. So accepting. Um, and we're going to go back to Romans and have a read of verse 7. But I just want to encourage us to have a read of some of what Paul says uh, before this um, and it's always helpful to do that when you're reading the Bible have a read of what's gone on what's been said before so back in Romans chapter 13 verse 10 um, he writes love does no harm to a neighbour therefore love is the fulfillment of the law and my summary of chapter 14 would be this we're all different don't judge be respectful Actively look out for each other, pursue peace. But do have a read of that for yourself. And this is the background for chapter 15, verse 7. And it says this. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Paul helpfully points us to Jesus in this verse. And he says that the kind of acceptance we are to sh show each other is the same as what Jesus lives and shares with us. 
There's no doubt about it. In the Jesus stories in the Bible, we see Jesus showing radical and often offensive acceptance. There's Jesus intentionally picking uneducated fishermen as his followers, enjoying eating with anyone and everyone, speaking up for and treating women as equal, physically touching people society deems as untouchable. And there's a small matter of saying yes to a criminal nailed to a cross. This, this is our Jesus. He says yes and offers welcome first. There's no list of things you must do or not before the yes and welcome. He says yes and offers welcome first. And we like rules, we like order, they make us feel safe in an uncertain world, but I'm not sure rules is what Jesus is all about. And I say that because I think of my own life and I know that Jesus was saying yes and welcome to me as a confused teenager where I was leading a double life of church on a Sunday and not so much in my week at school. In the years I was a student, mostly drunk, anorexic and literally sticking two fingers up at Jesus and church every chance that I got. Jesus didn't wait until I was sat at the back of Ebby five years later with my hand in the air saying my yes to him. Jesus, yes and welcome happened way before all that in my highs and my lows, right now and forever. And it is the same, I believe, for all of us. Jesus is offering all of us that yes and that welcome first. And this kind of acceptance and welcome, it's radical and it costs something. But this is what we're being asked to do, to show each other and when we do, like the family stuff that we talked about, it, it points people to Jesus. It brings him praise. It's a way to worship him. Again, that all sounds great in theory, doesn't it? But how do we actually do that? I've got three quick suggestions. More Jesus, more honesty, and more grace. We need more Jesus obviously. We are too human and flawed to be able to do this on our own. We need to stick close to him, to be surrounding ourselves with all his good stuff so gradually, bit by bit, we become more like him. We need to watch how Jesus does it, how he does this radical welcome and acceptance, to be, to be listening to him, to be responding to him, no matter how challenging that might be. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to keep on filling us up. And we need more honesty. And by that, I mean with ourselves. Like what are the things that get in the way of us being a radically welcoming and accepting person? A radically unwelcoming, accepting church family? Because whether we like it or not, there are things that get in the way. 
what is there from our from our background, our life experience, our theology even, that stop us being like Jesus? They're tough questions to ask and even harder to answer. I love the raw honesty in David's poem and I think it's a good place to start. And this is Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24. Like, yeah, listen to this raw honesty. David says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And finally, we need more grace. None of us are perfect. We all mess up. And we're all so very, very different. Jesus doesn't expect church to be a bunch of clones who all think and breathe the same. He doesn't want us to be, does he? Because he intentionally made us all different. But Jesus does want us to be full to the brim with grace. To be people who love harder, forgive quicker, welcome unconditionally. Like that's the call for us as church. And we have a choice, as always, in how we respond. So that's what we're going to do now. I'm going to put a few uh, questions on the screen and just encourage you to take a moment now to either have a think of, on these now, maybe um, write them down or take a photo so you can spend a bit of time maybe doing that later today or over the week. Um, or maybe you want to use um, those words from Psalm 139 as a prayer to pray right now. So yeah, let's just take a couple of minutes, ask God, what are you saying to me? What are you asking of me? What's my part in all this? Let's take a minute. Jesus, we need you. We need more of you if, yeah, if we're going to become this, this family, uh, yeah, this community of people who are trying to follow you, um, yeah, we need you. Um, yeah, Holy Spirit, will you, will you fill each one of us up right now? Will you fill us up as a church family together? Yeah, will you show us how to be people who are radically welcoming and accepting? Yeah, will you show us how to call out the good stuff in each other? Yeah, to love harder, to forgive quicker. Yeah, Father God, where, where we're feeling hurt right now, yeah, where we're 
disappointed maybe. Yeah, Father, I pray that you will bring healing. I pray for, for grace and forgiveness. Yeah, Father, will you, will you help us to yeah, recognise our part in our church family? Will you show us how to do this better together? And yeah, Father God, I pray that as we wrestle this out, as we do this, that people will see you, Jesus, in us. This is why we do this thing. Yeah. Jesus, will you use us? Yeah, for your kingdom and your glory here in 2021. Amen. So um, I'm going to hand over to Stu and the band who are going to lead us in some worship. And yeah, just want to encourage you, um, don't switch off now. Um, yeah, if God is saying stuff to you, um, yeah, keep that in mind. And as you, um, as you sing, as you listen, um, as you worship, um, yeah, be responding to whatever God is doing and saying. And yeah, as always, we would love to pray with you. Again, that isn't easy, but it's not impossible. Um, yeah, if you want to do that, if you've got stuff that you want to chat through as a result of this or just generally... Um, yeah, please do get in touch with us. Um, yeah, I'm going to hand over to Stu.